What's going on, everyone? Jurassic Views. Bryce Diamond. Summertime. Best time of year. Just love the summer. I know this may seem odd, but I love to sweat. I love the heat. Now, air conditioning is great. And I'm sitting in an air conditioning home right now. But I got to tell you, for me, I will take the summer every day of the week, every day of the week. Now, do I like it 35, 40 with the Humidex? Uh, Do I want to be in Alabama right now? Do I want to be in Death Valley? No, 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 no. I want like, you know, (laughs) a livable heat. I mean, there's some oppressive heat happening in the, in the South, in a number of places near the desert, um, near the Gulf of Mexico in the States. So that is tough stuff. And, um, you know, I hope that life is going well, that there are air conditioning units, that there is, um, good shelter in those places for people, especially older folks, but in general, especially in Ottawa, Toronto, um, you know, Northern States, um, kind of the near the border of the States in Canada. I just love the summer. I was just in PEI with my family, relaxing, a lot of beach walks, some time in the water. The water was nice, even though uh, a lot of folks didn't want to swim in it. It was like 65 uh, Fahrenheit. I guess that's what, like, 15, 20 degrees Celsius. Most people don't like swimming in that. Um, If it wasn't for the jellyfish, I would have been in the water more. But it was like 30, 35 Celsius with the Humidex in PEI. People, uh, you know, hadn't experienced that type of heat or or don't very often. So they had heat warnings. Here in Ottawa, it's been uh, around 40 with the Humidex. But I love it. I really do. Um, I took my daughter to her camp this week, um, uh, yesterday morning and this morning, and I biked what seven kilometers there and back and was sweating already. I just love it. I went for a bike ride last night and was, was sweating on the bike ride, did about 15, 16 K just nice. Just, just a simple ride. Um, listening to some good music, really taking in little Dirk and Jay Cole's all my life these days. Love that track right now. Um, Definitely catchy. Definitely my favorite favorite song to listen to right now. I like Curious as well. I think Fabulous and Eric uh, Belanger are in that one. That's a good track. Uh, That's new to me anyways. Those those two tunes are, uh, were released, I believe in the spring. Anyways, I just love the summer. I really, really do. And when I think about last summer, being in Toronto for two weeks and, you know, just the fun and the things you can do that you can't do in the winter. And I'm not a winter guy. I think I've said on the pod many times, I'm not a winter sports person. I don't really get into any, you know, winter sports even to watch. Like I'm not a big winter Olympics guy. I don't really like hockey. Um, I respect it, man some great athletes. But for me, summer is number one by far. 
um, you know, I'm looking forward to, to getting away in the winter if possible. Um, so anyways, that's where I'm at these days. And this time in the season, it is Tuesday, July 18th. Yesterday was the championship game for summer league. Monday, July 17th, Cleveland Cavaliers won. I don't know if anyone really is paying attention. Uh, there wasn't really any big draft picks for, for Cleveland. Obviously, for us as a Raptors pod, we are focused on Grady Dick and uh, even Marquise Noel, undrafted, but a hell of a point guard. And uh, I really was impressed by a lot of his playmaking, his vision on the court. Five foot eight. Uh, smaller than Kyle Lowry, uh, obviously shorter than than Fred Van Vliet as well by you know two three inches, but a strong build, a great point guard, um, yeah, just instincts, vision, thinking ahead. Here's a guy, 22 years of age, played at Kansas State, and he had a great tournament, and I, and I don't. No, I, I really don't know if he'll ever start. It's hard when you're when you're that short. It's really tricky. I mean, there were guys in the league like Jameer Nelson, um, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Uh, there have been guys um, who have been shorter than than five eight. Obviously, you got Earl Boykins and Muggsy Bogues to name a couple. Uh, Michael Adams. He was probably around Fred's height more than Marquise Noel. He might have been 5'9", five, 5'10", five, Marquise 5'8". So we know that Marquise Noel, it will be tough for him, really, really tough for him to ever be a starter in the league. And obviously Fred, just you know, two, three inches taller than, than Marquise, he's made a great career for himself. Incredible. Uh, $43 million a season career. Uh, for him, and he'll play in Houston next year. He started with the Raps, made an all-star game. Obviously, we know what his resume is about. I'm not sure Marquise Noel will ever get to Fred Van Vliet's level, but I think he will have uh, a good career ahead of him because of his his passing skills, his vision, um, and I think he, he generals the floor quite well. He's got quicks. He doesn't need to be uh, overly explosive. He's smart, savvy, even at 22. Um, But there are things that he did in summer league, to be quite honest, that I didn't see Fred Van Vliet do until probably the 2019-2020 season after the championship. So I I would not be surprised if Marquise Noel is a seventh-eighth man in a rotation um, on a decent team, like his offensive skill package is quite good. Now, if he can be solid defensively, if he, if he can just hold his own, obviously there's going to be hunting of mismatches. Obviously, uh, there's going to be some zone that he's going to get hit in, um, you know, and, and that's all that makes sense. But I think from an offensive perspective, his, his skills, his uh, maturity, his, his vision is good enough that I think he could be in the league for a long time. And that's that's exciting. But, but this time of year 
we have just begun the low time. You know, after the season is done, you've got about a week. You know, after the championship trophy is raised, after the parade has happened, you've got about a week and then you've got the draft. Then you've got free agency about a week after that. And then about a week after that, <laughs> you've got summer league. And so there's like three or four weeks from parade to the championship game in summer league where there's a lot of content. There, there's a lot of transactions. There's a lot of decisions. There's a lot of speculation, drama that's going on. And the, this is now the low point. And I wanted to talk a bit about the low point in the season and, and to be able to use this part of the season to reflect, to reminisce a bit. Uh, Zaya is, is right now in the Toronto area. Um, he, he's enjoying himself with, with friends and family. Um, Courtney is getting some rest and relaxation, which is great. And we will have episodes um, in the summer, at least one with each of them, maybe one with both of them, which would be great. Uh, we will have some guests. Um, my buddy Tom is going to come on uh, the show. I'm hoping Chris Jackson makes his return. I think it would be his fifth appearance on Jurassic Views. Um, my man, Rob Beamish. My man, Rob Beamish, who is yet to be on the pod, um, good friend, uh, love his energy, uh, love his heart, hoping he is, is on the pod uh, this summer, get a debut episode uh, with all that Gemini personality, all that fresh pepper that he brings uh, to any conversation. Um, and, and maybe we'll talk about uh, dancing and, and parties uh, as well within the NBA, little league gossip perhaps <laughs> with my man, uh, Rob Beamish. But regardless of what we talk about, Rob, I'm hoping this summer is on the pod. So we got some guests lined up. We got uh, co-hosts who are going to return and uh, it, it will be a fun summer. But this is the time of the year in the NBA where you get a break. Everybody gets a break. The players might even be taking a week or two off before they get back into the lab, before they get doing Rico Hines runs and um, this type of thing. I've seen that DeMar this week, or maybe on the weekend, was back at the Drew League. Uh, you know, those pro-ams happen quite a bit in the end of July and into, uh, in, into August. So I, I th that will be fun to watch. Uh, but as I've said on the pod before, I, I just love to watch basketball and I'll, I'll watch a lot of things. Um, you know, I've been made fun of for how much I watch and follow summer league. Um, I've, I've been made fun of for, for how much, uh, I get into, um, you know, lineups for, for FIBA tournaments. Um, you know, people have, have made fun of me for re-watching old playoff games in the NBA. But there's so much to take in. Uh, we do have a world championship at the end of August uh, with the Canadian team. 
We do have the CEBL, which the Ottawa Blackjacks, who struggled last season, uh, have now clinched a playoff spot, uh, which is exciting. Uh, the playoffs aren't for another month in the in the CEBL. So to see Ottawa Blackjacks uh, make the playoffs already is very exciting, a 10-team league. Um, and it, it, it just all this content, all, all this uh, all these games, you know, WNBA obviously is happening. The Las Vegas Aces are absolutely dominating. Uh, we haven't watched uh, or, or talked a lot about that, uh, not as much as we did last season. The uh, NBA All Star, sort of the WNBA All Star game. I should just talk call the W because uh, that's what a lot of people call it. But the W just had their All Star game. Uh, Brittany Griner with some throwdowns. Um, it was in Vegas, and uh, Brianna Stewart's team won 143-127 against Asia Wilson's team. Talk about two elite players. And then you got Brittany Griner, um, who, who's maybe the most talented, physically impressive person the league has ever seen. Uh, extremely um, talented league. We talk about the... The W, uh, sorry, the NBA's talent level right now, talent pool. The WNBA, the W is is at an all time high. And it's just going to keep getting better, and as the league expands, which is important, they need to do that. Um, but so much going on, and the league did well. The league did right by the W to have the All Star Game on Saturday, this past Saturday, during summer league. You've got. You know, players, NBA players showing up. You've got the press there because uh, they have conferences and summits and gatherings in Las Vegas and uh, with all the summer league stuff going. And here's showcase the W All-Star game. And it was a goodie. It was it was a real good one. Not not tight, but but a really good game. High scoring and, and showed all, all the, the great stars of the league. Great to see. Really great to see. Um, and yeah, if you if you are a basketball fan, you get to watch basketball almost, you know, 12 months of the year. Um, and you get to see young talent. You get to see the, the best talent, international talent. It just is ongoing. And it's so much fun for a fan. And I, I wanted to, to touch on, because we'll get into free agency with Zaya. Um, we'll get into, you know, what the roster looks like and, and what we're excited about, curious about, maybe a little bit disappointed about when, when my man Tom comes on, we'll, we'll talk about kind of some of the greatest of all time. Some of the, the top lists of guards with Chris Jackson, but I want to talk about how great it is to be a fan right now. I mean, when I was growing up in the eighties, you had games on NBC and CBS for the most part. You may might have got an ABC game, but there was limited access. You had to have a TV. You had to have cable TV. And, um, you know, it, it, is, it was really kind of tough to follow the league. Now, I was young in the eighties, but I was, you know, starting to play basketball. I was looking up to athletes 
NBA stars like Magic Johnson. And I, I wanted to take it more in. You would, in the summertime, you would get VHS tapes of some of the stars in the league, like Bird or Magic, Michael. And there would be instructional videos that you, you could watch from those guys, or you could watch some, you know, long form documentaries an hour to two hours long. But though, those are kind of few and far between, you know, you didn't have obviously the internet and all the information that you had access to there. You didn't have social media. And so your access to the players and your even, even to be able to watch NBA games, you didn't have things like league pass. You didn't have like huge cable packages and, you know, specific um, NBA channels. And so you, you looked forward to Saturdays, to Sundays, where you would watch maybe that one game a week. Maybe if you were lucky, two or, two or three games if it was the playoffs. But even in the playoffs, because we didn't have a team in Toronto, because of you know, cable packages, because of limited uh, sports networks in Canada. You know, TSN only came around the 80s. It was hard to watch even NBA playoff games. Um, until you got into the 90s and there was more interest, there was more money. Um, and so, you know, as a kid growing up, you know, who I watched and who I, I could really enjoy were very few players. You had some college basketball that was on, um, you know, mostly the Big East when I was growing up in the Toronto area. That's why I watched Georgetown basketball because the Big East, which had Syracuse in it as well. Um, St. John's, which is not a very big team anymore now. Uh, Villanova was in the mix. But it it was very hard to follow players, very hard to follow certain teams. And once you got in to the 90s and the Raptors come around, obviously the Grizzlies came around, now more games are popping on uh, TSN. Now more games are being broadcasted on CTV. And there was a, a thirst, a hunger. But in the league, in the NBA, there were still few Canadian players. And, and Canadian players that played in the league now, there's, there's really only one guy in the 80s that I can reference as someone that people know um, or that I even recall playing. Obviously, a guy like Leo Routens who was playing in the 80s, who had played at Syracuse. He was one of those few guys that I remember watching. You know, there was other guys in the league that that maybe played a handful of seasons, maybe came off the bench like Mike Smirk or Smrek, if I'm pronouncing that right, Stuart Granger. These are guys who played in the 80s, who bounced around teams, um, you know, maybe two, three teams, but very limited to, to who you were watching. And, and I think because of that, Canadian basketball was very localized and guys in Toronto were playing a lot of basketball and there was lots of tournaments that you could go watch, but it was really at a local level that you had to spend energy 
um, if you were going to be able to watch a game there, you know, you couldn't just watch it at home like we can now. And as things get bigger on TV, then things get even bigger locally and more people are being showcased. And I think that's what happened in the 90s. Steve Nash uh, got big and and you had other guys like Rick Fox was now a guy who had been born in Canada, but he had left early in his life and he wasn't uh, a huge star, but because he's an NBA guy and because he wasn't going to play on the U.S. national team, he came to Canada uh, to play in the world championships in Toronto in 1994, I believe, the year before the Raptors uh, began their franchise, 95, November 3rd, the first tip-off official game. But the 90s was a time of real growth and, and more exposure. You had guys like Jamal McGlure, who I grew up around, not closely, uh, but he had played for Eastern Commerce. Eastern Commerce was a powerhouse team for at least a decade um, before it got this like bigger uh, opportunity to express itself, to be seen on the grander stage. And of course, Jamal McGlure goes to Kentucky along with his high school coach. And, and then there was more exposure, right? It's Samuel D'Alembert was an NBA player around that same time and people were were watching him he played for the Philadelphia 76ers he was a guy who had, was born in Haiti but then got to play on the national team and then of course in the 2020 sorry the 2000 Olympics while Vince Carter was jumping over Frenchmen who were seven feet tall you had Steve Nash and Rick Fox playing with each other along with a guy named Rowan Barrett R.J. Barrett's father, who are making a run at the podium, um, trying to win a medal, you know, leapfrogging over many huge European teams, partly because Yugoslavia had split, partly because Russia, uh, the USSR had split. And so these smaller nations who... Um, who had been part of the USSR, this massive empire of basketball, along with a you know an economic and and military dominant force, they were also um, a basketball force, and so these smaller nations were were building, but they weren't to to the extent to where they are now, and so Canada kind of snuck in with a couple NBA guys, um, Todd McCullough, who is another guy who played uh, with the Philadelphia 76ers with. Allen Iverson, when uh, he was on a couple playoff teams with AI, uh, you know, things were building and they snuck in and, and that helped, you know, people were watching the 2000 Olympics and the basketball in Canada because Vince Carter was showcased. He was a starter on that U S team, but now you had a Canadian team who had an NBA, an NBA starter, a couple NBA stars, guys who would uh, you know, just won a title in Rick Fox. I believe he was part of that 2000 Lakers team with Shaq. So that increased stuff. He was also dating Vanessa Williams. Um, he might have been married at that point, but I think he was dating her. And then soon after that got married. So things were starting to grow. You know, TSN was starting to show more games. You had it on the radio, not just local radio. 
Um, may, you know, now Raptors games are were getting on national broadcasts in, in the early 2000s at a U.S. level. And so more money was being pumped in as well. More guys. There was portholes beginning to really happen between, you know, Canada high schoolers trying to make it to the States. And, and, and this builds through the 2000s. Uh, and gets to a place where you have huge college stars making it to the NBA who were Canadian and they get drafted first overall, like Anthony Bennett. Uh, unfortunately, his career didn't take off the same way as another guy named Andrew Wiggins, who is also a lottery pick. And of course, we, we've seen Andrew Wiggins win a championship with the Golden State Warriors. Uh, we saw him at the All-Star Game, just like Jamal McGlure before him. And and now the league, because of these high, you know, these portals from the high schools getting into the states, now the league is is really getting, you know, uh, swole with a, with Canadians. You've got Corey Joseph and Tristan Thompson, who are now old heads in the league with Kelly Olnick. But you got younger guys. You know, you got younger guys in the league, uh, which is extremely exciting. Uh, guys like, you know, Andrew Nemhart and Benedict Matherin. You got guys who've been in the league for four or five years or making all-star games like Shea Gilders-Alexander. Got guys lifting trophies again in the NBA Finals with the Denver Nuggets, Jamal Murray. And those guys are playing with each other on the Canadian team, Jamal Murray. Shea Gildress will will be at the FIBA World Championship with Lou Dort, with Dylan Brooks, O'Shea Brissett, R.J. Barrett. There's going to be a ton of guys on that Canadian national team. And you start to see, holy cow, we have made, you know, we have made it in international basketball. We have made it at the highest level in the NBA. I mean, the Canadian team is without Chris Boucher, Tristan Thompson, Thompson, Ken Birch, legitimate NBA players. They will not be at the FIBA championship for various reasons, but but we still have got, you know, 10, 12 guys, NBA guys who will be at that tournament. I don't think Delano Banton will be there. Chris Durate will not be there. Um, AJ Lawson will not be there. Trey Lyles won't, won't be there. Brandon Clark won't be there. A lot of big guys, actually. Our team <laughs> looks kind of small, uh, you know, when you think about how big basketball is uh, from a physical perspective. There's going to be a lot of guys who are not, who are big men who have played for Canada before, who have played multiple years in the NBA, uh, even won a championship like Tristan Thompson and Chris Boucher, who won't be there. Uh, but we still have this, you know, a great roster. A guy who just got drafted, a lottery pick, Zach Eddy, is going to be part of that Canadian team. He's a monster. He's like seven three, seven four. Uh, but it's impressive. You look at the WNBA. Mississauga had a, a first round draft pick. You look at at Global Jam. Just had a men's and women's turn under twenty three. And the Canadians, you know, fared very well. 
Uh, it's not their best teams, but here they are playing in these, in these tournaments, showcasing talent. Um, it's really, really great where the league has come, where the game has come. Um, and again, when you see the talent playing at that high level, men's and women's, WNBA likely to come to Toronto in the next two years. W game being sold out in May, just an exhibition. You know, Canadian women being on that Minnesota team, just fantastic. Um, and, and greater exposure. But then you get the opportunity to watch it. And that's what's exciting. It's not just going to the games and buying a ticket. But being able to follow folks on social media, to be able to, to see them get drafted, to watch the draft, to watch regular season games, whether for the W or for the NBA, to be able to follow their college career because of streaming services. And, and you know, illegal streaming services too. It is so incredible to be able to be a fan right here, right now. And yes, there are problems with the economics of the game. Fans not necessarily being able to go to as many games. A lot of young fans, a lot of, a lot of low income or under-resourced families and neighborhoods not being able to get there. But the access is huge. And you can watch them, which is something we, we couldn't watch every night, sometimes every week. We didn't have a team in the 80s, something you know I couldn't do. And so to see the game expand to the level that it has for Canadians, for Canadian fans and players, it, it, it really is incredible. And so, yes, this is a low point in the NBA this is a relaxed time, and I hope the players get all the relaxation and the families can spend more time with each other, uh, whether they got kids of their own and a partner or just you know being with mom and dad, aunts and uncles, cousins, whatever it is. I hope they get that rest. But man, do we ever have the privilege of being to watch, being able to watch so many of these games. And for me, um, this is really exciting for, for, to be able to watch the, the next generation of players, to be able to watch, you know, 12, 15, 18 year olds grow in their game because they can watch stars from their cities, you know, Montreal, the Toronto area, Vancouver area, Saskatoon, where Trey Lyles is from. Um, individual neighborhoods, you know, people are being able to, to have more opportunity to watch people from their cities, from their provinces, country. And it's just great. It's great for the game, uh, men and women. And so, you know, I hope we can, we can relish that. We can relish that. Be grateful for how many Canadians are in the game. Uh, for how much um, they will play in front of us, whether on TV or in person. I hope we're really grateful because it is really a great time to be a fan of the NBA. 
And I hope that the game continues to grow and grows well um, in ethics, in values, in equity, because uh, we have a long way to go in respect to all those things. But, you know, if you get a chance, watch something out of the league. Watch something out of the NBA. If it's a young player coming up through the CBL, go to a Shooting Stars game. Go to a Blackjacks game. You know, if you're if you're listening in, in other parts of the country, go watch your team. Winnipeg's had a great start of the season in the CBL. Or maybe it's, you know, you're wanting to follow a guy play for, for Canada this summer with, with the FIBA tournament coming up at the end of August. You know, you want to see how Zach Eddy plays or, or you want to, you, you want to be able to see Shea Gildress, you know, put on that red and white and represent his country. You want to see O'Shea Brissett playing with guys instead of against them. Take that time. Will I also be able to watch Jordy Fernandez? assistant coach, lead assistant coach in Sacramento, coach this team, um, which is great because he's he's younger. He's more like uh, able to grow in his profession as they grow in their profession as players. He's going to do that as a coach. So I really hope you get that opportunity. Uh, there's going to be WNBA players who, who are going to be in the playoffs who are Canadians. Watch that. Um, but there's so much to enjoy. And I hope you do. Uh, throughout the summer before uh, the NBA starts. Um, yeah, don't take for granted this time as an NBA fan, as a basketball fan, as a Canadian, because this is, this is really good stuff. Um, and the fact that we get to talk about it on a podcast through Spotify, um, you know, that's, that's fun too. Because even podcasting, um, you know, just recording and broadcasting and sharing. This is all a new thing in the last 10 years, really, to the average fan. So uh, it's it's fun. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, looking forward to, to guests coming up on the show. As I said before, uh, Tom Anderson and I should be uh, recording first week, first week of August. Uh, likely, Zion and I will be on the pod uh, either that week or the week after. Um, and, and Courtney, hopefully before the end of the month, uh, before the end of July. So lots of exciting stuff. All right, y'all. Hope you're doing well. Enjoy the summer. Peace. Yeah, I'm like Neo now. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. That's Morpheus. That's it.